Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey everyone, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, the founder and CEO of Create and Cultivate, and this is Work Party, a podcast for a new generation of women who are ditching the rulebook and redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. In each episode, we bring in leading female entrepreneurs for real tech advice on the topics that matter most to the modern career woman from hiring to mentorship to raising money and so much more. Whether you're pivoting to a new industry, negotiating a raise, turning your side hustle into a full-time gig, or pitching your company to investors, we're giving you the tips and tricks you need to take your career to the next level. Ready to make some money moves? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. Today's guest is the incredible Jenna Kutcher, an entrepreneur, expert marketer, podcast host, educator, and mother who just added first-time author to her resume. Jenna's ticket to success was a camera she found on Craigslist for $300. That purchase led to a seven-figure business built on the foundation of curiosity and constant learning. She set a massive goal for herself, achieved them, and now helps women redefine success, chase bolder dreams, and tackle their biggest goals. Jenna inspires women every day to start profitable and sustainable businesses that they love, live life on their own terms, and capture their business freedom. Today, Jenna and I are going to get into the nitty gritty of mastering the blueprints of business, plus motherhood and entrepreneurship, growth as a leader, and how she's helping women achieve their dreams while remaining present through her new book, How Are You Really? Thank you so much for joining us on Work Party, Jenna. I'm so excited to talk to you. Oh, I'm so excited. I mean, we have had conversations in like booths of restaurants and I'm like, now people get to listen in, which is actually way more fun. I love it. Totally. Yes. No, I've been a super fan uh, for a long time and been able to swap secrets with you, war stories, all those things of running a company and what it takes. And now you're giving all of those insights to your fans, which is amazing. So for listeners who aren't familiar with your work, could you give us a rundown of your career journey? Yeah. So when I was 23, I landed what I thought was my dream job. Like a lot of people, it's like the salary, the 401k, the benefits, like you went to school for all these things. And I got there and, you know, 
when I look at that experience of just landing where you thought you were supposed to be and having it not feel like you anticipated it feeling, uh, that has been a theme throughout my journey in the last 10 years, both as a nine to fiver and an entrepreneur. And I think that a lot of times we go down these paths that are paved by other people and we find ourselves at these destinations that don't look or feel like we thought they would. And then we're left thinking, what do I do next? Or how do I trust myself to move forward in the right direction when I've chose wrong paths? And so I bought a camera on Craigslist. I was planning my own wedding. I was fascinated with weddings and images. It was back in the pre-Pinterest days. And so there was very few wedding blogs. And I stopped envisioning myself as the bride and started envisioning myself as a photographer. And that passion again, like just feeling creative again, really jump-started me into becoming an entrepreneur. And what's interesting is that I never thought I'd be a photographer. My camera just became my vehicle out of what I didn't want. And a lot of my path has been figuring out what I don't want so that I can go after what I do want. And since then, I was a photographer for many years and then pivoted into a space of business coaching and podcasting. I host the Gold Digger podcast. And then recently, I wrote my first book, How Are You Really? So it has gone on so many different paths and I love them all. And I think so many of us, I know you are very multi-passionate. And so it's like, how do we even hyphenate all the things that we do? It's impossible. It's impossible, but it's also, it's so awesome to point it out because I think sometimes people feel like this is my job forever. This is my path forever. And it it doesn't have to be that way. You can have multiple lives, multiple careers, multiple jobs, and multiple, you know, versions of yourself throughout the years. You starting as a photographer, now being this incredible entrepreneur, inspirational life, life coach, work coach, all those things. So after you had the successful photography business, how did you identify this next move into building the Jenna Kutcher empire? Like, was it a natural transition? Were you nervous? Cause you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. This is another thing I'm jumping into or how did that all come about? Yeah. So when I was a wedding photographer, being from the Midwest, I live in Minnesota now, but I was in Wisconsin. Our wedding photography business was like six months out of the year. So you take like a year's worth of work, condense it into the seasonal months um, that actually work. And I found myself on a slow season, my off season, and I was feeling really lonely. I just felt like entrepreneurship was like such an isolating experience. And here I had built this super successful business, but like I had no one to share with. Like I wasn't really on the journey with anyone. I was by myself. And so I decided to start my podcast as an experiment. And I use the word experiment very thoughtfully because I don't want to look at things as successes or failures. I just wanted to try it. And I didn't want to look at numbers or downloads or things like that as a merit of like, is this worth pursuing? I just wanted to do it. And so I started my podcast. I was like, I'll commit to 10 episodes before I make a decision. I sat in my car. I recorded in my garage so my dogs wouldn't bark. And that was just the beginning of that experiment. And what's interesting is, as I went to school for business and communication, I never went to school for photography or art. And so when I realized that photography, the actual taking of photos was like 5% of the work and the business was like 95% of everything else, I realized that what had grown my company to six figures in three years could also help other companies. And that there were really sound principles and strategies that I had figured out that I could share. 
And so that's kind of where I started to pivot. And in that pivot, I recognized that in a service-based business, I was trading time for money and I couldn't do that for the rest of my days. I didn't want to do that for the rest of my days. Mm. And so I had to figure out ways that I could make money while I slept or while I rested or while I started a family. And that was kind of the really big change and shift in my career and what you see today. Yeah. And a shift in like a money mentality, right? And sometimes it requires you to do that service trade time thing to start out, get the work out there. And then you're able to sort of transcend into this next, next arena. So you created a mastermind course for people who might not be familiar with what a mastermind is. Tell us a little bit about that. And how did you know how to start creating that? Did you have mentors? Did you have access to resources? Had you taken a mastermind and then been inspired to create your own? Yeah. So I remember when I took my first digital course and um, I remember it was like $5,000. It was a lot of money. And it was the first time that I was investing in myself. And at the time I was a wedding photographer with nothing else, no other hyphen, nothing else going on. And I took the course so that I could see how somebody built one because I was curious. It wasn't even necessarily about the course content itself, but I was like, how do you lay it out? How do you deliver it? Where do you host it? What does this experience feel like as a receiver? And I made the course creator promise me, I was like, I'll invest in this, but you have to like, tell me how you did this. And so that was my first big investment in learning. And then I joined what is called a mastermind. And I feel like a mastermind is like the cool kids club where like you hear that word and you're like, what is it? It sounds like a secret society. Like, what is that? And it kind of is. I was in my inbox one day and saw that a podcaster that I followed was hosting a mastermind. And essentially what it is, is it's like a hive mind mentality where you do pay to play basically. So you pay to learn from the mentor themselves. But the beauty of a mastermind is if you choose a good one, you're in a group with people that are just like you or at a similar stage of business or able to invest in that way. And so I joined this mastermind. It was you, we met up in person three times in, I think LA. And there was like 25 other people in all different industries. And for someone who had started a business in a village of 3000 people, being around people who could say like, I want to make a million dollars unapologetically was the wildest thing for me. Like I couldn't even wrap my head around it. Like I was still trying to you know, get with the fact that I walked away from a salary in a 401k. And here these people were like ambitiously stating, not that they just wanted to make money, but they wanted to make impact. And I was like, this is so freaking cool. And so I did the mastermind. I'm still really close with a lot of people that were in it. Um, Like Lori Harder was in the mastermind. Um, There's a a few people that I literally talk to almost daily still years later, Um, but it was a massive investment in myself. And then basically I took the things I loved about it, questioned the things I didn't like about that experience and then created my own and hosted that. And that was an amazing year. My mom was my event planner and we had 25 women and um, still talk to a lot of those women today. And it's just this, it is truly the like a rising tide rises all boats, like yep. where that's just like, let me help you and how can you help me? And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Today's episode is sponsored by NetSuite, the leading integrated cloud business software suite, including business counting, ERP, CRM, and e-commerce software. School is out for summer, but if your business is running QuickBooks, you'll never get a break. QuickBooks manual process, integration difficulties, and glitchy delays will leave you scrambling for the numbers you need. 
Who wants to close the books early this month? Me, that is for sure. Failing to upgrade to NetSuite will leave your business stuck in summer school while your friends are out playing. NetSuite by Oracle is the world's number one cloud ERP, no matter how big your business grows. And with visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, e-com, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow in one place. So no more having to switch back and forth between tabs constantly. Automate your processes with NetSuite and close your books in no time. NetSuite is one of the most trusted tools out there that all small business owners should be utilizing. In fact, 93% of surveyed businesses said they increased their visibility and control after switching from QuickBooks to NetSuite. And right now, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program, so graduating has never been easier. Head to netsuite.com slash party right now. That's special financing at netsuite.com slash party. netsuite.com slash party. All right, back to the episode. Hi, I'm Pia Berengini, the creative director of LPA, an entrepreneur, a wife, and a dog mom based in Los Angeles. This is my new podcast, Everything is the Best, where we basically ask interesting people, how did you go from zero to yacht? I'm always curious how the hell people became successful, and I figured you would be too. Get on the internet with me. Let's laugh, let's cry, let's overshare, and let's get inspired to live our best lives. Check out new episodes every Wednesday. It's all for you, baby. Thanks for listening. Love you, mean it. advice do you have for someone who is like, why me? Like, why should I be the one to teach people? Like, did you ever face imposter syndrome when sharing your expertise and helping other people build their businesses? So yes and no. So it's funny. I have this like undeniable confidence when it comes to strategy. Like I, I know my stuff and I know what works and I'm unapologetic about it. And like, I want to share that with the world. Like I think that some of the things that I have done and continue to do are life-changing for other people. And I am not too close to that genius to deny myself the fact that I can be confident about it. But there are certain aspects where I'm like, could this really work for someone else? Or was I just really lucky? Or did I get a big break? Or what, what can I attribute that success to? And I think that's natural for everyone, especially women. I think a lot of times we question like, do I deserve this? Or like, did this just happen by chance? So it's interesting because I feel like catch me on an hour by hour basis. And I could either be like unabashedly, unashamedly confident, or I could be like, I don't even know who I am and what I'm doing and I'm not doing a good job. And I think that's for most of us. Don't you agree? Yeah, I totally agree. I I think that's so accurate. And I think there's also something about, I go through waves, right? Like I have moments where I'm like, I know exactly what I'm talking about. I see the vision. I see that. And then sometimes I get into rooms or conversations where I'm like, like NFTs and I'm like, like, what are we talking about? And I haven't felt that way in a while, which is why I think crypto and NFTs really excite me because I'm like, oh, I don't understand this world and I'm excited to learn more about it. But I want to talk a little bit about the topics that are coming up for you in your coaching sessions, at your masterminds, like what are on the minds of women currently when it comes to their business strategies? Yeah. So let's, I'm going to do this in two parts. So like nitty gritty, when it comes down to marketing, I think the biggest thing that I keep hearing from people are the two words, momentum and consistency. Feel like people are lacking this like momentum where it's like, we're trying so hard to push and get something that's working. And then we're struggling to stay consistent when it does. And those are two themes that I keep hearing women talking about when it comes to strategy, when it comes to their business. It's like they'll get on an exciting rush and they'll write an email out to their list. And then two months later, they're like, whoops, 
haven't emailed them. Or like, I'm going to post a reel today. Oh, this is so exciting. And then like three days later, they're like, I don't ever want to do another reel again. And so momentum and consistency seem to be themes where people are just feeling stuck these days. And what I think it is, is a lack of creation strategies that allows you to not feel like your well dries up and combo that with different methods that I have to do because I'm ADHD, like batch working um, and being really thoughtful with my time, that can totally help those things. Now, on a life standpoint, I feel like a lot of women are facing the fact that they don't love their careers or their jobs, or they don't know what they want to be when they grow up. And guess what? They're already grownups. And I feel like a lot of women are on this precipice of asking the question, like, do I actually like my life? Or am I like faking that I'm enjoying the life that I'm living? And in today's day and age, I feel like a lot of people are walking through life faking it um, Mm. or waiting to enjoy it. And I feel like that is at the heart of a lot of conversations of one, I don't want to get quiet with myself because I'm afraid of what's going to come up when I do. And two, I don't like where I'm at. I know people have it worse than I do, but I don't know how to move forward. What's wrong with me? So on point, I actually, I'll send you this TikTok after, but this TikTok went up that was like manufacturing fund is the new gold standard for marketing. And I like my head exploded. And I was like, it's so true. It's like, because I was at one of those events and all of these influencers were there with video teams. Like, I mean, it was a full production. I mean, they're working. I get it. But it definitely wasn't fun. But like the images look gorgeous. Like they're having the time, they're living their best life. So I do think that's such a great, tip of like, how are you creating an authentic story without kind of giving into that like manufactured fun? I think that's that's really amazing. And so your podcast, Gold Digger, like huge business podcast brings listeners, the productivity tips, social media strategies, business hacks. I've learned so much listening to it, but what have been some of your biggest takeaways from what you've learned on the podcast? Oh man. I mean, I'm sure you feel this way too, but sometimes I sit down with a guest and I'm like, holy cow, I get to ask this person questions. And this is like my job. Like, it's insane the access that a podcast can give you to humans that you love and admire. And like, you get to actually pick people's brains. Like, it's so cool. I just love having different experts on and hearing about different life experiences and cultures and journeys and hardships. I feel like running a podcast is like making you constantly be like, I'm not alone in this and bringing together community, which is exactly what I wanted years ago. Um, But I also love how niche specific people can be and how good they can be at like one tiny thing, but that one tiny thing can be earth shattering. And I think one of the greatest things that every listener should think about is that the things that are so common sense to you, the things that are like, duh, everybody knows this, those are the things that can change other people's lives. And I think we're walking through our lives waiting for this like monumental tip or like this brand new invention when really like our gifts are not happening because they're random. They're happening for us so that we can gift them to other people. And so podcasting is like the gift that keeps giving, but I just love when guests come on and they have like this one little thing that can transform somebody's life. It's like, that was it. Sound bite done. Thank you. You just did it. Hey guys, allow me to hit pause on today's interview to talk to you guys about our brand new partner, Newly. It's our sponsors that keep the work party going. So we appreciate you supporting them as well. 
Summer has finally arrived, and along with the sunshine and warm weather comes a whole slew of events that are stacking up on my calendar. I've been saying yes to everything from wedding, invites, date nights with my husband, wine tasting, work conferences, concerts, and more. I have so much to look forward to over the next few months, but I want to make sure when it comes to getting ready for it all, that I have my outfits mapped out. And that's why I'm definitely saying one more yes to my monthly clothing subscription with Newly. Newly is a subscription-based clothing rental service that costs just $88 per month. Included in the subscription is your choice of any six styles each month and access to thousands of styles from more than 300 brands. With fast free shipping and easy returns, with professional cleaning included, Newly is the absolute best choice for clothing rentals. And if you're not loving the rental thing, you want to buy your piece, they give you the option to buy the styles you love at a discounted price, sometimes up to 70% off. Think $200 sundresses for just 60 bucks. How could you pass on that? Additionally, Newly just released their new capsule of summer styles. Within the summer wardrobe, they have everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season. Stock up on a new dress for every summer event without breaking your bank. Say yes to all the summer fads, because guess what? You'll be onto your next wardrobe before these go out of style. And then when you're done, let Newly take care of the rest. There are two major reasons I prefer Newly over other rental services, and those come down to cost and sustainability. The money you save when you go with Newly is incredible. Basically, you get to wear way more, sometimes thousands dollars worth more of clothing and spend way less. So you can curb that must buy something new feeling every other week and keep more money in your bank. And when it comes to sustainability, Newly lets you love fashion in a way that is kinder to the planet. Orders are shipped in recyclable and reused totes with no plastic packaging. The clothes are also cleaned using energy and water efficient methods and repaired and upcycled rather than thrown away. The best part, Work Party listeners are going to receive 10 bucks off their first month of Newly when they sign up with code PARTY10. Newly is already a great value at $88 a month, as I mentioned before, but with this package, you'll receive any six styles you want. And right now, you'll also get $10 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code PARTY10. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code PARTY10 to sign up and get $10 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code PARTY10. Newly subscription clothing rentals. Change your clothes. So entrepreneurs tend to set massive goals and end up working 24-7. I think we can all relate to that. We're the operators, executors, creators, relationship builders. We do it all. And then we try to outsource. And that's difficult because no one's going to do it as good as you will or know as much as you will. So how do you set boundaries as an entrepreneur? Yeah, boundaries are huge. And I feel like it's like the new buzzword. Like boundaries are like what balance was a few years ago. I'm game on it though. Cause I'm like, we need them. So for me, the biggest thing was really relooking at my time. And here's something that I think a lot of entrepreneurs forget is that in the early stages of a business, you are so willing and you probably have to trade your time to earn money, right? We find ourselves in that game. It's usually needed if you're going to fund your dream, but there comes this tipping point where you will give your money to get back your time. And once you hit that tipping point and you start getting comfortable with that, there is no going back. Like you will pay people to mow your lawn and you will pay people to do anything because it'll give you back your time and you recognize how valuable your time is. And for me, when I was a wedding photographer, um, we were trying to grow our family, going through just a lot of hardship with that. I found out that I was having a miscarriage and I still just show up and shoot a wedding. Mm. 
And I remember being at this wedding, like thinking about like my body is going to combust. I am in like the deepest state of grief. And yet here I am trying to make somebody's like perfect day, just so memorable while inside I'm like dying. And I remember just committing to myself that like, I will never again, build a business that if I don't show up, I don't get paid because it was like, I like built this dream business. And then I was like, my life is not a dream right now. And if I don't show up, we can't pay the mortgage. And I was like, I will not do this again. And so for me, boundaries have been huge in one, like I felt like for so long, I white knuckled my business. And when I finally asked for help, and there's a chapter in the book about the first time I finally got help, it was almost like I like released that grip. It's like when you unclench your jaw and you don't realize you've been so tense. And I was like, wow, there are so many more possibilities out here. And so I have a lot of boundaries. My team culture has a lot of boundaries, things like we don't use our phones for work. So you will not get a text message from me unless it's like a 911, which guess what? I can't even think of a 911 in the last year. Um, So we only use Slack. We ask permission to use cell phones if we need to send a voice note or something like that. We don't work on the weekends. We're moving to a four-day work week. Uh, we do full maternity leaves. Um, we just really, really respect each other, but we have huge boundaries around that. And for me as a working mom who is very intimately involved in my children's lives, I don't want somebody texting me because if I'm like with my children and then all of a sudden I get a text message and my brain shifts back to work mode, I'm not present in either place. Mm. And so my biggest challenge around the boundaries has been like, when I'm working, I am all in when I'm momming, I am all in. And I think that's one of the ways to help alleviate things like mom guilt. But boundaries don't keep things or people out of your life. They keep you in your life. And I think that's what we have to remember. So many gems in that. It's it's incredible. And I'm like nodding. If you could see me, I'm like aggressively nodding my head. I'm like about to pull my neck out. So let's talk about the book. So it launched a few weeks ago. Congratulations. So you talk, take everything you've learned to demystify the steps needed to create a truly fulfilled life. It all starts with asking the simple question, how are you? And finally getting to the answer. Before we dive into that answer, why do you think the default answer to how are you has become fine? How are you? Because we don't feel safe, to be honest. And I think so much of that is our desire around efficiency and hustle culture and Mm -hmm. trying to get more done that we've stopped knowing how to conversate and we've stopped creating spaces that we can go from like, how are you to like, how are you really? And I think there's that just adding in that last word changes the entire question and changes the way you can answer it and feel safe to answer. But I think a lot of times we ask ourselves, do they really care? Do they really want to know? Can they handle it? Can I handle it? And I think part of that is just our desire to continue rushing around and do more that leaves us afraid to sit down with that question, either with others or with ourselves. Absolutely. And so you kind of created this unique format for the book. You have three specific sections. Can you talk to us a little bit about what each section touches on? Yeah. So the first one is, is who are you really? And I think that when we look at what we want to do, how we want to build a life of our dreams, we have to start with like, who am I? Like, who is this person? Who am I beyond the roles I play or the money I make or the jobs I do? Who am I? And I think for a lot of us, it's like, if somebody asked you, like, do you have hobbies? You would be like, uh, working and sleeping. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, totally. and I have this conversation. We're like, what are our hobbies? And like, 
COVID was actually like a really beautiful way of like, I had said for so long, like when, when my calendar opens up, I'm going to take up biking or I'm going to do puzzles or like things like that. And it's like, Oh, okay. Well now I have to actually lean into that because I have time. Am I the person I thought I was going to be when that calendar opened up? And so, yeah, so section one is like, who are you really? And like, who have you always been? Who was the child that is you as an adult? And like, where have you not processed things? Where do you need to really harness that five-year-old spirit that you once had? Part two is who you have and who has you. And that's all about community, which is something you foster so beautifully, Jacqueline, in all you do, but really about community. And I think so many of us women feel so freaking lonely. And it's like, whether it's in career or life or motherhood or relationship, mm-hmm. we just feel like something is wrong with us that we're broken because we don't have 20 bachelorette people in matching swimsuits at our parties. We're maybe having the one neighbor who we see once a month, you know? So totally. the second part is all about community and how to foster that in your life and how to really enrich that. And then the last one is what are you going to do about it? And It's really about like where the rubber meets the road. We say like where the woo meets the work, because I think there are so many women leaders out there and I love both of these camps, but half of the camp is like manifest, manifest, manifest. And the other side is like work, work, work. And I just feel like there's this beautiful middle of the road where it's like, have these dreams and these visions, but be willing to do the work that it takes to progress you towards them. And so what are you going to do about it is like where the woo meets the work, It's like, hold those visions, dream really big, but also like lace up your shoes and let's start working towards it. Today's episode is brought to you by one of our sponsors, swag.com. It's no secret that over here at Work Party and Crate and Cultivate, we are huge fans of branded merch. Whether it's planners, journals, sweatshirts, tote bags, hats, you name it, we love an excuse to print our branding on some new swag. And that's why we absolutely love swag.com. Swag.com is your all-in-one swag platform that was founded with a simple goal, to be the best place to buy and manage quality promotional products that people actually want to keep. It can be so stressful at times to choose the perfect swag to order for your company, especially when trying to find items that people will actually use and wear beyond the initial event or point of purchase. We're all about making lasting impressions and impact at Create and Cultivate. And for that reason, swag.com is our go-to. Swag.com makes picking out corporate gifts simple and fun. To give you a little bit more info, Swag.com makes it their business to offer you a wide variety of products so that you can find something for everyone. They also carry some of my favorite brands like the North Face, Marine Lair, Moleskin, Nike, Swell, Ray-Ban, and the list goes on and on. And remember, all of these brands are customizable with your company's logo or artwork. You can even create customer swag boxes full of great branded items that all come delivered in a unique box designed for and by your company. I'm telling you this entire experience is so customizable and a really special way to reach and connect your customers. And with swag.com, you can easily set up a corporate gifting program for your team with no platform fees. That's right, their team of expert curators will be standing by to help you design the perfect gifts for you and your team with no platform fees. So what are you waiting for? Putting on a big networking event, launching a new business, looking to upgrade your gifting? Go to swag.com today for the perfect swag and custom gifts for your organization. Right now, I have a special offer to help you get started. 10% off your next order, but only when you go to swag.com slash party and enter code party10. Remember, for 10% off, go to swag.com slash party and enter promo code party10. Okay, let's get back to the episode. So you also talk about creating the future of your dreams by utilizing tools we already have. So can you talk about what some of those tools are? Yeah. So 
in the book, there's this one um, chapter. It's one of my favorite chapters, but after we had two losses, I really struggled with like coming back to myself, trusting my body and really holding this idea of I wanted to be a mom, but it wasn't happening for me. I was in this season of waiting. Mm. And I think a lot of times we waste those seasons instead of working through them. And I don't mean like pour yourself into work. I mean, like working towards that ultimate vision. And I did this visualization exercise And I was working with someone who was like helping me process all of my grief. And in this exercise, she was like, visualize like the most vibrant version of you. And I visualized this version of me that had on like Madewell jeans and a white linen top. And I like look down and I'm like, I'm sitting here in like freaking yoga pants and like three days ago t-shirt. Like if I want to be this type of mom and I can't even show up as my most vibrant self for Mm -hmm. myself, like... I need to go out and buy the pair of jeans and put them on every day and start stepping into what I am envisioning. I can't manifest a baby to make its way into my world, but I can start showing up and mothering myself so that I'm prepared to be the kind of mom I want to be. And so things like that, where if you catch yourself dreaming of something bigger, but you look around and you're like, nothing I am doing today or nothing about the way I'm showing up today is exemplary of that dream. Hi, it might be your sign from the universe that like, we've got to start leaning into those things. You've got to start, you know, playing the role that you're envisioning yourself in. And so beyond that, I think it's really about learning how to ask for help. They, you know, the saying it takes a village. It does take a freaking village. Mm. And our generation has been robbed of that experience in so many ways. We don't know how to ask for help. We're so apologetic. We hate to inconvenience people. And so like, there are people in your world who their greatest gift would be to help you out. But if you don't ask, no one gets to lean into that gift. And so beyond that, I think it's just really about looking at what's around you and starting with where you're at. And in this day and age, we are all so afraid to show that we're beginning at something, to show that we suck at something, that we're just learning something, that we want everything to be perfect and polished before we reveal it to the world. And I think that that is such a disgrace to like what we could be doing because everything has a really crappy start. All the good things I've done had a really crappy start and a really messy middle. And you don't see that today, but they happened and I shared them when they happened. And so I just want to encourage people to start with where you're at, with what you've got. And don't be afraid to invite people in on that journey. Absolutely. And most overnight successes are 10 years in the making. And I think that's so important because- so many people are like, wow, that just really blew up overnight. I'm like, no, no, it didn't. It really didn't. It took forever. So what was the most surprising thing you learned about yourself while writing the book? Yeah, so I very much, I have watched a lot of people write books in their lives. I'm very fortunate to have really talented humans in my life. But so many times I'm like, they are having to really remember what their message and their mission is in the process. Like they are being tested. Like are the words I'm writing in these pages, my reality? Like, am I living into the message? And so for me, I think the hardest part was, is I decided if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it on my own terms. I'm going to do it in my own way. So I did everything backwards. So I wrote the manuscript without having an agent or a deal. I did it in silence. I didn't tell my mom or my sister, like nobody knew because I was like, if I I've said, I'm never going to write a book. And if I'm going to do it, I want to do it for me first. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to do words that tell not write words that sell. And I knew that the minute that a paycheck was involved, it would trigger 
this like really deep insecurity or it would really stifle my creativity. And so I was like, I'm just going to do it by myself. And so I did everything backwards. I got the agent after I had the manuscript. I got the deal after I got the agent. And so I basically handed over the book and was like, I don't want you to tell me what you want from me. I want, this is what I wanted to say. Uh, and of course, thank God for editors and the editing process and how long books take that you are literally like birthing a human while you're birthing a book. But it was just a very long process, but I've honestly enjoyed every part of it because with every single step, it's gotten refined and even better. And now I'm just like so excited that it's out in the world. I love that. I actually think that's sort of the best way to do it. And it's probably the more challenging way to do it too, because you don't have someone like lighting a fire to like get you going on every single time. But I actually think that's really interesting and definitely probably made for a much uh, more authentic read that really felt like something coming from you. Um, So what do you hope people will take away from the book? Yeah, I think that, you know, in today's day and age, and I say this with so much love because I am one of these people that we turn to experts and gurus and people that are ahead Mm. of us for the answers. And when I look at like the turning points in my life or like the chasms where there was a before and an after, it was when I leaned into my intuition. And so the book is not about like Jenna's guide from A to Z. It's like, how to come back home to yourself and find your own truth. And I want people to get comfortable with asking themselves, how am I really? And if the answer is not okay, that's okay. But let's start figuring out how we can move you in a way that you are awake to your life. And so I'm just excited that while my stories are woven in it, it's not about me. It's about helping people come back to themselves and find their own truth. And I love that. Well, I'm so excited for you. The book is absolutely incredible. And it's so amazing that people are going to get access to your beautiful brain. So let's wrap with some sentence finishers. The best advice you've ever received. Time is your currency. Live like it. A skill I'm working on mastering is. Oh, trying to get my child down to sleep uh, as a toddler. (laughs) Oh, girl, I feel like that's a big one. My sister is going through that too. And it's, I Again, not a skill I understand. If I had $50,000, I would invest in? Ooh, my health. I think I'm really at a place in my life where I really want to invest in my health because it is the one thing that money can't buy, but it can help you secure. Amen, sister. That is so true. Incredible. Thank you so much, Jenna. Where can our listeners follow and connect with you and grab a copy of your book? Amazing. Thank you, Jacqueline. So you can find me online at Jenna Kutcher. It is just like Ashton. We are not related, sadly. Um, JennaKutcher.com is where everything is. Jenna Kutcher on Instagram. I would love to have you tune into the Gold Digger podcast. I am a work party listener. So feel like I know your people. They would be my people too, if they aren't already. Um, and then you can grab the book at HowAreYouReallyBook.com and you can get it anywhere books are sold. And I cannot wait for you to read it those pages. Amazing. Congratulations, Jenna. Thank you so much. For more inspiring conversations like this one, follow the Work Party podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to rate and review us or show us some love on social. We love seeing you tune in every week and share your favorite episodes. We're at Work Party on Instagram and at It's a Work Party on Facebook and Twitter. I'm your host, Jacqueline Johnson, and this is Work Party.